I think very, very rarely in life are you going to find like people that aren't your parents that really truly have your best interests in mind. If you're lucky to find one or two, and I happen to find two of them that were my bosses at the, right. at, at the Cubs. Welcome to the Painless Podcast. This is Chris Hartwig from Painless Networking. That guy right there, Dave Knickerbocker, co-founder of Chicago's award-winning Banner Collective, also has worked with the Blackhawks and the Cubs. Started in minor league baseball, too, Schaumburg Flyers. On each Painless Podcast, we connect with good human beings like Dave from the sports and event marketing world. We're not here for sound bites. Well, actually, we, we just got a sound bite from Dave. But the rest of this thing is a great conversation with a smart, interesting, generous person to learn how Dave has reached the success he's had and how mentoring and networking have shaped his careers. That's what we do every episode. Putting up this pod, by the way, March 14th. Quick news that we have a painless event tomorrow. If you're listening today, Thursday, March 15th is the event, 4.30 to 8.30, watching tournament games, prep for St. Patty's Day on Saturday, and just getting connected. We'll be at Joe's on Weed in Lincoln Park. Uh, if you do get this today before games start tomorrow morning, also check out uh, on the painless.network site, uh, first RSVP for the event, and also get in a bracket. Uh, we're raising some money for our good friends and painless members, Laura and Brock Hendricks. Laura is fighting rare form of uh, leukemia. So let's help them out. Uh, quick member benefits for you to take care of before we dive into this thing. First up, coming up next weekend, Sunday, March 25th, Chicago's Bank of America Shamrock Shuffle 8K, biggest around. It's a great event. And our good friends with the Shamrock Shuffle have offered a painless discounted race entry. We've had a ton of people using the discount. And uh, if you sign up today, there's a few spots left that you can get a $40 race entry. You can still get in under the wire. Use that code PAINLESS. Register at shamrockshuffle.com. Secondly, if you're interested in the 2018 IEG Sponsorship Conference, that's also coming up really soon. You can painlessly save 450 bucks on a conference admission. That's right. Head to IEG 2018, IEG 2018, and use our special painless code, IEG 2018PN. IEG 2018PN. Get 20% off the IEG Sponsorship Conference. That's April 8th to 11th at Chicago Sheraton Grand. Dozens of great speakers and panels and roundtables and networking opportunities. Plus, I'm planning a special live painless podcast. You're not going to want to miss that. See the pod description for the link and code information. All right, another one. We've got a great new partner, thanks to the guys and gals at Chicago Sport and Social Clubs with summer on the horizon. Yes, we swear it is, even after that blizzard yesterday here in Chicago. The Chicago Sport and Social Club offers the largest sports leagues at locations all over the city of Chicago. Not just competition, but camaraderie. And I know a lot of people who found it to be very useful in, in a networking way as well. Register for spring and summer now. Use the code PAINLESS and receive up to $75 off your fee. Register at chicagosocial.com. All right, let's get listening to today's pod recorded last week, March 6th. Banner Collective offices in Chicago's Goose Island area. Let's get connected with Dave Knickerbocker. And welcome to the Painless Podcast from Chicago's Goose Island neighborhood. And uh, maybe you might hear some, well, we might get lucky to hear some train traffic in the background. But joining us from Chicago's beautiful west side, Dave Knickerbocker. Welcome, David. Uh, thanks, Chris. Good to be here. At the uh, Banner Collective offices. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your role is uh, and what Banner Collective is. Yeah, so uh, five years ago, um, my partner and I, Pat Dahl, we founded this company, Banner 
collective. And what Banner is is a, we, we're a creative video production company. Um, so what we do is we shoot, we edit, we do the motion graphics, um, and we deliver people uh, video production. But we also, the creative portion of it is where we can come up with the creative as it pertains to video. So you can do uh, stuff that's used as in-house videos, uh, digital, social usage, um, even do you do you do even commercial type yeah, work? So we, we do all sorts of video. I mean, flexibility is key these days. You know, I think a lot of companies will say, "Oh, we do it all," but um, the, in actuality, you know, to survive, you have to do it all. So we've done everything from fifteen-second Instagram commercials to uh, television shows on on NHL Network um, to documentaries that we've done for the Blackhawks. So we really have done it all. We pride ourselves on the flexibility, um, but yeah, we're. We keep ourselves, we're, we're definitely in the flexibility business uh, in terms of our clients. Now, and so you said you've been around, this is about your five-year uh, anniversary right around right now, right? Yeah. And how many people uh, do you have on staff? And I guess, you know, that probably depends project to project, really, but... Uh, how many people right. would you say are yeah, employees? We've, a, we've actually built the company. We, we didn't want to be the traditional agency type where uh, we, we get a big client and we hire 10 people and then we lose somebody and we have to fire 12 people. Like We just never wanted it to be that way. Um, the, the thing about Banner is, is everything is done in-house. Uh, we don't do a lot of outsourcing. We've got our shooters, editors, animators, um, and, and customer service people all work here. They all work you know, within 10 feet of each other. Um, so there's a, there's a very... It's a very personal um, uh, personal process for us. So it, I'd say it's 15 people total, and mm-hmm. uh, we we definitely are looking to expand that as well. So the uh, we'll, I'll make sure to tag in the uh, the pod recap, uh, pod description, uh, how you find Dave and and the crew, and certainly um, link to any uh, any job openings and opportunities mm-hmm. specifically for you guys since. Uh, since you're ex- in expansion mode, so what is your role specifically? On a, you know, I know there's not probably a, a good way to say a typical day because uh, you know probably probably has yeah. a ton of variety to it. But what are you doing? Uh, what what is your role? Are you managing staff? Are you doing uh, outreach for clients, keeping current clients happy, new clients, or, or you know, creative side? What what do you? Uh, what, what's your primary role? Yeah, I mean, so basically, I have a, I have a co-founder, uh, Patrick Dahl, and Pat heads up all of creative and production, and I had I had a business, and it's a you know it's fifty fifty in terms of the split on responsibilities. We joke that I can't do what he does, and he doesn't want to do what I do. Um, so it's it, it's a it's a great partnership like that. It's it's actually been one of the most rewarding parts of this job. So my role is is basically the business operations, which is everything from uh, from. The business development to just overall flow of the office. Uh, who are we hiring? Um, when are we posting jobs? Uh, a lot, a lot of that duties, but primarily business development. Um, Banner needs obviously a mouthpiece, and um, that's the role that I primarily serve here. Now, you, you and Pat are are both vice presidents. Is, yeah. is there no? There's no president here. No president. Yeah, it's like kind of it. weird. Like uh, I think when you're when you're starting a company, like it's just it's interesting. Like you, when you're naming a company, it's it's actually harder than it sounds. Like many names are taken. You gotta you gotta kind of talk about like what's the website going to be. Mm-hmm. And then when you're when you're starting to title, like we both have like the personalities. Where I just like we're not really 
uh, in your face type of people. So when it's time to come up with your own title, it's, it's a pretty like awkward position to be put in. (laughs) So we have no president. We just, uh, we just said, well, okay, we'll be vice presidents. We'll divide it up. He's creative in production on business operations. And, uh, but the thing that, you know, we're really proud of is like the, the founder title. I mean, that's the one that Mm -hmm. I would say that like, I'm just really proud of that. I'm, I'm really proud of, um, what, what the company has become in this short time. Know that we have a long way to go, but uh, yeah, it's vice president of business operations and founder. And yeah, the typical day, what I've tried to do is, is really decipher where my time is best spent and focus there. I mean, I think like everyone else, I, I found myself in the first couple of years, I'd flounder trying to do a, a thousand things at once and, and, and making uh, small progress in each, in, in each area. And what we've tried to do is, is focus on the big areas where we can make the most impact. And that's how I try to spend my days. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll come back. I want to definitely come back, not think we will. I think de- we will definitely want to come back and talk a little bit about that, of how you've learned to get better at that and you know, people's brains you've picked, mentors you've worked with, the books you've read, whatever um, podcast you've listened to. I think it probably makes a lot of sense to go, go back to how, how the heck you got into this uh, space in the first place. You, now, did you grow up in Chicago area? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Palatine, Illinois. Um, which is a northwest suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, you a Palatine uh, pirate or a no, friend uh, Viking? From Viking. Uh-huh. So, okay. yeah, See, I know important stuff yeah, like that. The big High question, school mascots. Right? Uh-huh. Meet someone from Palatine, and you gotta, <laughs> you always got to ask that question. I'm so a, northwest I'm suburbs, and then um, Ohio University for yes. your undergrad, right? Now, yeah. did you know going there? Uh, you know, I want to go into sports, or does that did that happen after you yeah. got in? No, sports was always kind of an area that I was interested. I was even more than interested. I was always passionate about sports, and you know, I wasn't the greatest student in high school for for a variety of reasons. But most of it was not applying myself in the right <laughs> ways. But but in terms of sports, I always kind of it always came to me uh, very easily, like the history of sports and and, and just the applications of like like I I, I was able to kind of just. It, it's stuck, you know, when you, mm-hmm. when you hear something and, you know, your dad tells you a story of the, the 1954 World Series and it just sticks, like you remember that to this day. And that was always my thing with sports to the point where, um, you know, my mom and dad were like, oh, if you applied yourself in, in <laughs> right. school like you did in sports, like you'd be a great student. And I was just like, I didn't know how to explain. Like, it just it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You don't choose what sticks with you. So that is, uh, uh, sports was always something that in a, in a dream scenario, I would make um, you know, a, a profession out of. Obviously, I didn't know how I was going to do that at the time, but it made And, and did sense. you, were you, you know, did you play a bunch of, of sports? Were you, you know, involved in one or the other? Or were you more, yeah. you, you know, the... I played, I played, I played sports, um, you know, uh, very below average football player. Um, <laughs> used to be okay at basketball for like first, but but um, but in high school and then Legion, I played uh, baseball. Okay. That was my big sport uh, growing up. So, you know, you you get uh, four years under your belt at, at Ohio in a great um, sports administration, sports management program that they the uh, Bobcats have there. A lot of folks. You know, certainly in Chicago, but nationwide, come out of that program. And what what did you, you know, had you done? In, uh, I'm assuming you've had to had to have done some kind of internships while you were there, or when you first got out. Uh, yeah. You know, how, how did you break in? I think a lot of people listening are always like, you know, how did he make the break that I need to go figure out how to do? 
Right. So, um, yeah, I was actually, um, I don't want to George O'Leary my resume up with OU. Like there's the, <laughs> right. there's the, uh, there's the grad program and then there's the undergrad program. And I was in, I was an undergrad program. So it was sport administration. Um, and, and obviously it was, it was fine. It wasn't what it is now. They've made some big strides to really pay attention more to the undergrad program as opposed to just the, just the grad program. Okay. But, uh, after my junior year of college, I did an internship with the Schomburg Flyers, uh, the minor league baseball team that now, is uh it's where the Schomburg boomers play and uh that was that was a great experience for many different reasons um you know it was it was a hundred dollars a week and there were some weeks where we'd log 85 to 90 hours um but it really yeah don't do the math on the right it was was scary at times but (laughs) but i you know i loved it because it, it reinforced what i thought i always knew which was i was going to work and i wasn't going to in office per se i was going to a ballpark uh to work and we, and we worked really hard um it, it did sh- show me at the end of the summer i said that was great i loved going to a ballpark every day um it showed me that i probably i didn't want to work in minor league sports that just wasn't oh, going to okay. be the direction that that i thought i would go and uh but to this day the people that i meet that work in minor league sports i have just the utmost respect for i love meeting those people and talking to them because when you talk about passion for sports the people who work for those teams like that's unrivaled like you were talking about you know in a job like this you're trying to figure out from a thousand different things and trying to do a thousand different things and you have to prioritize that well on most minor league operations levels, you have to, or it doesn't yeah. get done. Absolutely. And so that's, I think, what, yeah, I totally agree with you some, on that. Some of those mornings, like, you would wake up and you'd set your alarm at 530 and you'd have to look out the window, and if it was raining, that meant get to the ballpark because you were pulling tarp that day. <laughs> right. So you're, like, this big, this marketing intern working on other things, and you're, but at 6 in the morning, you're pulling tarp with the grounds crew. But I actually like I wouldn't have traded those moments for anything because I, I it just it, it teaches you like uh, like look you have to work in this world you got to work really hard and you got to always be dependable because I think the people that separate themselves like there's a lot of different interns there the people that separate themselves are the ones that like showed up to the to the tarpaulin like you could very easily could have been like oh, I didn't know I didn't see uh, it was raining yeah. but the people that showed up every time and, and, and gave it an honest effort and then by the end of the summer you're able to kind of separate yourself from from the rest of the interns. How many interns, I mean, now, now we're going back to, what, 2001, so it was a, a, a while ago, but I mean, how many interns did they have? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was, like, like, it was like six. Yeah, six and then us. how many stayed in sports? Did all of them uh, stay in sports, you know? Do you know? I lost touch. A couple of them have and, and, and have kicked around here and there. Like, they had great passion for it as well, and it was just kind of like, you know, my, my career, which I'm sh- sure we'll get into, was I got very lucky, and I tell people this all the time, like, like right place, right time, but and then obviously trying to capitalize on. That well, well, that's there's there's some chance and some luck, but uh, that I think that there's a lot of making luck though, and uh, you know I I think that you've done that that you've been smart enough to capitalize on the the right opportunities. Well, yeah, so. I mean the, the the flyers thing came from the the mayor of Elk Grove Village did, did a called called in a personal favor, and he said, can, can you give this kid a shot? Can you give him an interview for? for an internship. And when I got the internship, um, I really felt a sense of like duty to him. Oh, I didn't right. want to let him down. Right. And that, that's kind of been throughout. I tell people this all the time is like, you, you, people can help you. And like, obviously there's, Hey, you can get a leg up and, and you know, if your dad knows this person, if your uncle knows this person, that's mm-hmm. fine. But like, I've had people like that who've come and work for me. I said, you, you know, in actuality, more eyes are on you now than before like they want to know what are you what are you made of are you just here because of what you've been given or are you going to appreciate what you've been given and work at it and 
I did not want to let him down. So that was why. that a was it basically a family friend or yeah. did you network in my, my, uh, my dad had worked with him and uh, my dad's worked in Elk Grove for 35 years okay. or more. And, and so it was definitely like it was definitely a favor, which is, you know, I didn't know of another way to get into. No, the, but but that's some of the luck was that they had the relationship. But, you know, I don't think he would have done that for anybody. He said, oh, this Dave, Dave's a good kid. I'll, right. I'm willing to just like you and I now do in networking. You can tell who's in it and got skin in it. And you're willing then to go put your name on the line and say, hey, you should talk to this person about uh, an internship. It's the same kind of a thing. And then you wisely didn't take it for granted. Well, you jumped on it. Right? He and I talk about that to this day because I remain very close with him because I, I mean, he just, he, he gave me that first break in sports and he, he talks about that. And, and I really, he, he says, you know, he's like, you didn't let me down. And he's even, so even <laughs> when he'd be at the ballpark with it, he, he said he was walking by the ballpark and he was in the guts of the stadium and he saw me filling up a pop machine and he's like, what have I done to this kid? And he's like, and I, and I never even thought twice about it because that's just what you do. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was appreciative to even to be there. Like, like I said, I was 20 years old and I'm working at a ballpark. Well, that's probably like, you know, the, of, of advice for, uh, you know, somebody listening now that's a student is use that whatever wedge to get your foot in the door and, you know, show you really want to do it. Right. Because if you don't, you know, you, you could that could be your one opportunity to get in, and you know what? If you don't like it, at least you gave a hundred percent and found out you didn't like well, it. Absolutely, I like mean, you found out en- enough about it. You learned a ton about yourself and the industry, and enough to say, "Well, I don't think I want to be in in minor league sports." But you said, "I want to be working major league sports," right? Yeah, absolutely. I never, I, I, I still wanted to work in sports, but I've always like. I, I got instilled in me like my, my mom was good about this like if you're gonna do a job like do it right and then try to learn from some of them like I was for many years I was a valet parker and mm-hmm. you know I, I love I love valet parking for the for the reason of like you if you you can have the day off that's no problem but you're not getting paid that day and then your pay is really derived from how how one how pleasant you are to the customers, uh, your, your customer service. Are you, are you nice to them? Do you open the door for their, them and open the door for their wife? Do you go the extra mile? Do you run hard to the cars and, and, and do you have a good disposition about you? And that was directly correlated with how much you got paid that day. And, and, right. and, and so I thought that was a wonderful job to have. And, you know, I was probably too immature at the time to, <laughs> to kind of extrapolate out how like that would serve me later. But yeah, it was, I kind of approached, tried to approach work with 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 that right. frame of mind, right? No, that's great. So, you you spent the season basically. When uh, I was that in school, were you like between junior senior year, was, or had you graduated? Yeah, for it was that junior flyer? senior year. Okay, and so you had that now under your belt, and then you graduated, and were you going yeah. back to valeting cars again? Yeah, I was, and, I, and I was um, didn't have a great plan when I left school. <laughs> um, just it's funny how much clearer that right. can become now. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I had a chance to go back and, and possibly work for the Flyers, but it was just it was really something that I didn't want to do. And I, I got really got on the letter uh, writing campaign. I, I actually like one of my goals was to not move back home after college, so mm. I moved in with my brother. We we had like a one bedroom apartment in Lyle, but for me that was like an, an it was an accomplishment that mm-hmm. I didn't move home and and we made it work and we actually got uh, really close as a result of it. He was five years older than me, so I hadn't lived with him and. You know, he was off to college, and then I went to college, and uh, yeah, it was it was didn't expect. It's just like those unintended benefits. Like he and I got really close at that point, and I was uh, I would valet at night, and during the day I would write 
letters and, and, and um, apply for jobs right. to sports teams. And, you know, it's that classic story of writing a letter to every sports team. And, you know, I got one letter back. I think I got I got a letter back from the Pirates saying that they got my resume, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, you know, yeah. I didn't have anything. And I think I got something back from the Royals. But other than that, it was pretty slim pick. And did you hit up basically any Major League Baseball team? Yeah, I was I was Major League Baseball in a, and and then all all sports across the hockey. four major leagues. Yeah, and then and then I even like you know I said I didn't want to work in minor league sports, but then I was like <laughs> starting to get two three months into this right. thing and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, and then it was that moment where you're like, "Hey, I mean, you know, this probably isn't going to work out." Uh, which, which is, you had that, you were at that kind of yeah, point. Yeah, I, I was there. I was like, I was, you know, because everyone else is starting to get jobs, and like, look, I hadn't been like hitting it for that long, but it was like three, three months or so. Um, but with not even really knows, like you weren't getting anywhere, so you, no. I could see the frustration. No, that you're there like, wasn't a okay. ton of uh, there wasn't a ton. Of, it, it just didn't look like it was going to happen. So my right. brother had gotten me an interview with with his company, um, which was a you know which was called Nike Securities at the time, and now it's First Trust Portfolios. And it was just like a very very entry level job for an interview. And I had um, a couple things were going on at the same time. Um, I got a call from the Cubs. After I had basically, I'd called John McDonough probably. He, he tells you a thousand times. <laughs> um, he says every day I called him. It was, I, I tried to do it once a week, but I called him a lot. And uh, w- what had happened was um, the story of how I, how I landed there. I accepted the job with First Tr- Trust Portfolios. Of course. And then I was valet parking the night before I was supposed to start at First Trust. And I got a call from uh, Marisol. Um, Marisol Velez, her uh-huh. name is Marisol Widmeyer uh-huh. now. I still know her. I mean, she's still at, at the Cubs. Um, I was sitting in a car. It was dead time, valet parking. And she said, would you like to come in and interview for the sponsorship sales internship for, for the Cubs? And I obviously was yes. And <laughs> I, I, I came home and I, I told my brother, I said, like, I'm supposed to start at your company tomorrow, <laughs> but I've got an interview with the Cubs and they want me to come in tomorrow. And, and so, we, I mean, we talked for... 15 seconds it was clear what i said I, and i didn't want to let him down because right. he got me right. the, the job there and uh he's like no you got to go and and so i walked into work at first trust portfolios <laughs> i'm in like cheap suit and and i told my new boss i was like look i have an interview with the chicago cubs <laughs> today and uh and, and so it was and, like that all that was all happened like all that's how it always day. happens though. Nothing, boom yeah, all at once can you come in tomorrow months. to talk to all right <laughs> So um, I went in and interviewed with with uh, with John McDonough and Jay Blanc actually that day, um, and I'd met John's assistant was Veronica, and, and and she brought me up, and I I got a piece of advice from somebody, and I and I wish I remembered who it was, but um, and I, and this sticks to this day, like I do this all the time, is the handwritten notes, and um, so I interviewed with with John and Jay, and the, the whole thing was a blur. I I don't remember. I, I thought it went pretty well, and, uh, and and but I had I had those notes, those handwritten notes in my car as I walked out of there and dropped them in the nearest mailbox. But I also had wrote, I, I wrote a note to John, and I wrote a note to Jay, and I wrote one to Veronica too because she was the one that, as you know, like that's who you that she was kind of like I didn't the the gatekeeper, um, and she was the one setting up the interview. And I said thank you for for setting up the interview. It, it was just kind of normal to me that I would thank mm-hmm. her. Um, and a couple of days later, I got, I got a call that um, I was I was chosen to be the sponsorship sales intern. What what I found out later was there was another kid who was chosen, 
who turned it down because he got a full-time job. <laughs> so I was kind of like, they were scrambling and they needed someone to fill it. So I'd, I'd actually love to meet that guy. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so what happened? Somebody else took That the, would be a good yeah, story. Somebody else had the job, um, oh uh, got gosh. a full-time job, denied the internship. They needed to fill it right away. And uh, so that's my... Well, how did you know... You've got, you know, you talk about luck, but but some of that, again, is making it. Of uh, The fact that you even knew, uh, you know, how did you know to call and and basically harass Bug John McDonough and yeah. Jay Blunk? Like, that had to have, I mean, that's why you were at the top of the list to call when they got in a pinch was because you were this <laughs> persistent guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, so John lived, John lived lives in Elk Grove Village, and okay. my dad had worked there, so I knew who he was, and, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I had... Uh, and obviously, like, had just such admiration for what he was able to accomplish. You know, I would have gone anywhere in the country, but, like, just so happened, I, I don't know, sometimes things just, like, work out. Like, so all of a sudden, the one opportunity that seems like a real opportunity is in Chicago, where mm-hmm. I'm from, and it's baseball, and it's my favorite team. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I knew who John was, and, and, and he seemed like the best shot at the place that I, I wanted to go. But the, and the handwritten note thing, like, did, yeah. did you learn, did you, you know, you heard that from, you know, did your parents instill that, uh, you know, a professor, a friend? Like, I, I, I honestly cannot remember who, who, who said, who said but it But it's to just me. something that stuck with you, but and you've known was, to, do, to do that. And, and it's kind of a joke around here that when I interview someone, like I always look for it. I've had to, I've had to soften my stance on it now. Uh, and I can't, don't like, do it. Don't go soft in your well, old I, age. I know, but I can't like <laughs> I can't eliminate someone for not sending a handwritten note. Oh anymore. yes, you can. You're the boss. Come but on. The, but the thing about it is, like, <clears throat> it, especially it's exasperated now in this society. Like this was 2002 when I was interviewing, um, but now um, I get very few handwritten notes, and I can count on my on, on my finger who I get handwritten notes from, even when I was at the Cubs, and and, and then. Subsequently, the Blackhawks, and you, you know, they they usually come from the people that I most respect, and and mm-hmm. and that are CEOs, and 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 like look, that's not who I am, but it's obviously like I respect these people, so I aspire to have professional careers like them. Um, and it just it's that little, it takes a little bit of time, but you know, I mean, have you well, never met the... anybody who's gotten a note and and is annoyed by a handwritten? Oh, never, note? no, no, no. And it, like you said, because of. The uh, you know the cultural shift where we are these days of everything being di- and I'm a vi- I'm just as bad of, of it. I mean to write th- I mean to yeah. write hand hand write thank you notes to people, and you get caught up in other stuff and they don't get done. And so when I do get one, uh, it does it really stands out now. It always has, but it really stands out now. And I think that you know that's something that you know that somebody listening that's trying to to break in that that's a way you want to stand out, that's a way to do it. Um, I was with Joe Ronofsky from the Sox, and he talks about a lot of people he, he talks to who want to get, in, get into sponsorship, partnership, sales, and baseball. He says, well, come meet me at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And he said in all the years now that he's been there and all the times he's, he's not had one yeah. person come find him at the ballpark. And, and I'm, I mean, it's just like he's telling you here's how to find – or, you know, here's how to make that connection and get over the hump to, you know, get selected for an internship and then you don't do it. It's right. It's crazy. No, I mean, kind of like back to the Veronica, sending Veronica a note too. She, she told me, and then I got, I had gotten the job and, um, I didn't know any of this stuff. This is all, like I said, I'm lucky <laughs> by accident, but she said nobody had ever written her a note. Like John really? hundreds of people right. a year and nobody had 
um, ever written her a note. And then, like, of course, like, John's going to ask Veronica. <clears throat> like, it's, he's with her all the time. So, and I heard the story. John asked her, Veronica, what did you think of him? And, and, uh-huh. and of course, like, she was, she was on board. And that's a cool part. It's like you hear these stories oh, yeah. after the fact. You remain friends with these, these, these people um, to this day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I had, I had an intern... Uh, actually, he was on a street team at the at the Blackhawks. Not to jump ahead, but no, no, that's all right. He works for the Blackhawks now. Still, um, the street team of the Blackhawks is a, a volunteer, like weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had interviewed this kid, and he was he had put him on the street team. And he, his name is Brian Dom. He wrote me a four paragraph uh, synopsis of an event. It was just some like Blackhawks were at this at a at a festival, and he wrote me a four page synopsis of like. Here's what happened. Here's what I think we could do better. Here's what worked. And um, yeah, so I had an intern. The next time I had an internship open, he was the only person that ever did oh, that. Like he had been there. This was before, while he was still trying to get in the door. Right. Even. He had gone to some event no, that, and, and I, was like, here, I have some here's suggestions. Some feedback. Here's wow. some suggestions. So I, I never forgot that. And the, when we had an internship, Available. I never even opened it up. I just said, "This is right. the guy." Here's the, <laughs> and he's had a great career there. He's still there now. And that's the way I think it should work. So now you're jumping around and screwing up the chronology here. But <laughs> no, it's so you were with the Cubs for about seven years, right? Yeah, yeah. So and what's the timing on that? That you know, by 2009, you moved over to the Hawks. Had that happened uh, at the same time that? John McDonough and Jay Blunk and those guys moved over there. Or did you go before? Did you go a, a, a ways yeah. after? I don't remember the exact no. I can line. I can I can take you through that. So yeah, I was internship in 2002, and then um, you know I was hired in a full time role as an account executive in 2000 prior to the 2003 season with the Cubs, and so I was in sponsorship sales, and and um, again right place right time because that's when the Cubs started to. I mean, you'll, you'll remember this very well as, as someone who's involved in the advertising over there. There wasn't much. It was, it was the marquee and it was, uh, right. it was the concourse signs and program ads. And it was very much um, in, in the 50s and 60s. Right. Uh, after the 03 season, the Cubs make that, that, that run to the NLCS. Um, we, we, we had introduced the LED board um, for the first time. So we were slowly starting to put some signage in. Well, after the 03 season, the Cubs were going to become the last team in baseball to put in the behind home plate signage. And so we were, I mean, we were young. Like there was like people in a, in a big task in front of us, which was <laughs> to sell these at a premium price, like more than what the Yankees were charging, more than the Red Sox, because the idea was that this is the last pure ballpark. So mm-hmm. to, put, put, to put signage on those bricks <clears throat> behind home plate. Um, so 17 slots available at, at, at full price for, for what <laughs> Now looking back as a totally inexperienced sales team, uh, <laughs> but we 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 did it, and I was and I was able to, and I had I had success doing that. So that was really like um, you know again the opportunity was presented, and I had sold um, many of those signs to new clients, and uh, yeah, it was just that was a that was kind of like one of those magical like winters. Like for for, for sponsorship <laughs> right. salespeople, it's it's really about the winter, not so much the summer, and it, it kind of like. I was like, wow, like, um, yeah, I, I can do this. Like, this can, this can be a career uh, for me. So uh, from that point on, it was just, it was, it was obviously, you know, the Cubs were changing in sponsorship sales, and uh, then um, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this moment. I'm, you know, just there was a, John McDonough had become the president of the Blackhawks, or, or I'm sorry, he was the president of the Cubs. So talk about fast forwarding. Um, and then we were having a meeting with John, whole staff meeting in the old stadium club. He, he was just 
he was someone in my career, like he and Jay, um, but John and John was just instrumental in my career. Like I think very, very rarely in life are you going to find like people that aren't your parents that really truly have your best interests in mind. If you're lucky to find one or two, and I happened to find two of them that were my bosses at the, right. at, at the Cubs. It wasn't like, uh, hey, this is the this is career development that <clears throat> HR is making us do. This was genuine right. interest in my in, in in what I was doing and how I was progressing. So I had a I had a. Um, a very good relationship with John. It was it was it was just different. I would say, like I'm proud to say, it was different than I think uh, he had with some of his other employees. Um, so we had an announcement. I didn't know what it was. Nobody did, but I knew it was big. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it was this. Uh, so I got into work early um, that day, and John was standing in my cubicle, and uh, and he 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 told me, and then he just told me, he's like, I just wanted to tell you that I've. I've accepted the job with the, as president of the Chicago Blackhawks. That's what the meeting is about. And he's like, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you first. I didn't. Wow. I that was obviously like a monumental moment. I was, I was happy for him. I never, I wasn't like. It was just, I was happy for him. It wasn't like, yeah. man, what am I going to yeah. do? Because normally, like I, you know, I like everyone else. Like immediately, you go to, well, how's this affect yeah, me? Right. <laughs> I was just happy for him, and um, and I also just really appreciated the fact that he that he told yeah. me. Like I just almost get emotional talking about right. it, just because. Uh, so yeah, that day starts with him in my cubicle. And then we go to the meeting. We have the meeting, and and it's just this really surreal moment. So then about two thirty. Uh, I get a call from Sarah, who, who you remember, who was John's old assistant at the Cubs, and she says, "Hey, um, the, the Blackhawks sent a limo right after the meeting to." And, then, and at lunchtime, I'm watching John do his press conference for the Blackhawks, <laughs> and I don't know what and all that this whole day. So at two thirty, I get a call after the press conference. Um, you're just in this daze, yeah. and uh, Sarah said, "John's car is here. The Blackhawks have sent a limo. Can, can you drive his car to the United Center?" <laughs> so, so. I, so I drive John's car to the United Center. Sarah follows Your me there. Your valet experience comes yeah, in handy. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can handle any car at that point. So yeah, the day ends at 5 o'clock, and I'm in John's new office at the United Center meeting Rocky Wirtz, uh-huh. and uh, just dropped his car off with him, and that was it. And that, that was the day. I joined the Black Hawk, and then Jay had gone over a month after that. Oh, okay. And then that's when um, uh, I, I had gotten a promotion to manager of sponsorship sales. Mm-hmm. So along with Matt was Olick, <clears> I was... I was um, heading up um, sponsorship sales. And yeah, so all of a sudden, John and Jay are over at the Blackhawks, and I, I, it, was, it was a great opportunity. I thought, like, all of a sudden, you're going to manage people. Um, it was something that, it, like, I was young. And it was like, like, was that one of my favorite songs? Is I wish I knew now what I didn't know then. Like, I wish I knew what uh-huh. I know, but... Um, it might have been good, some of yeah, it, that you didn't know. Yeah, we did well. Like, like I, I'm proud of, of, of what we did. Like, we, we, we were able to kind of maintain. Um, I mean, you're losing 50 years of great experience yeah. in John and Jay. Yeah. Like, they, they absolutely defined the sponsorship and marketing department. So, um, yeah, so I did that for about a year, and then John and Jay uh, had called, and they were, they were opening a position to head up sponsorship sales and marketing at the Blackhawks. And uh, they wanted me to apply for it. Um, so, again, I was 29 years old. If this was a national search for for who was going to head up marketing and for and sponsorship sales for the Cubs and Blackhawks, I, I would not have been on that list. <laughs> like I didn't have like I had sponsorship sales experience, but not marketing. Um, and, yeah. I, and we talked openly about that. And they said, "You can do this. Like we we want you." Um, 
to come over and join us because you're like-minded. They, I mean, this was obviously this was Blackhawks like early stages yeah. of it. Yeah. And um, they had the confidence that I could grow into the role uh-huh. and that I could bring like an outside perspective to, to the front office. And um, yeah, for me, that was another, that was just a, like one that they had the confidence to do that, but, but what a, an amazing leap and an amazing opportunity. Oh my God, yeah. And uh, so I took it and uh, that's how I got to the Blackhawks. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's gotta feel you know, so great that not only these, these two guys that you respect a lot and, and that are so well respected in the in- industry, that uh, they they put that trust back in you had to be uh, both amazing and probably scary as hell. That, yeah. Like, oh, my God. No. It, <laughs> I can't yeah. let these guys I down mean, like we were talking about before. It, it was amazing that moment that you're like, oh, I'm doing this. But then fear really set in pretty quickly after <laughs> right. that. And, and uh, yeah, it was it – was, uh, that was a tough thing to, to deal with because I was very comfortable at the Cubs. Yeah. And I knew I could do that job. Mm-hmm. And um, this was something new, and, and it was a sport that I wasn't as familiar mm-hmm. with. And the stakes were so much higher. It was – It was. I mean, so the, the, the fear plus, like, I know – if I know that I'm unqualified, I, 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 I feel <laughs> right. like everyone else in the world thinks right. that you're – on right. paper, you're unqualified. Right. Like, right. I knew I could do it, um, and I knew I'd have John and Jay to help me through, but uh, th- that adjustment period was definitely um, – probably if I would have to say – the toughest part that I've ever had to, like in my, in my sports mm-hmm. career, that was definitely it because yeah, you reach this mountaintop, like, wow, I've, I've, I've made, I have this big title and this big job, but then it's like, you, then the, the expectations and the burden are raised so much and you're, you're probably not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go through some psychological testing there. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Some psychological testing. So you, at that point, you were still not yet 30? Yeah, I was, I was 29. Oh my gosh. And how many people did you uh, have in your group? How many people reported up to you? Yeah, I think like in in, in total, it was, I mean, we used to get in that room. I, I think one time I counted, it was like 35. Yeah, so it was, I, I was used to managing like two or three people yeah. that I'd already worked with at the Cubs and uh-huh. kind of grew up with them. And then all of a sudden you got 35 um, plus a street team. So it was, oh, it was yeah. a big, it was That's a big right. jump. And like, once you got past through the, the initial enormity of it is like, then it, when you start to focus on like, look, we actually have a big task to accomplish here. Uh, when you could focus on that, it got a little easier, but um, definitely some, some bumpy, uh, yeah, some bumps <laughs> along the way. And, and so you did that role with the Hawks on marketing and, and biz dev stuff for, about four years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so then you're probably just really getting comfortable there and getting in a groove and the team is taking off and sponsorship marketing stuff is going great. So what the heck are you doing that you decided I'm going to go yeah. do my own thing? I think it was, uh, it was such a, like the four years at the Blackhawks, there was so much that it was, uh, it, like people talk about 162 games with, with, with the Cubs. Um, in, in the 81 home games with the, the 40 games at the Blackhawks were, I mean, they were events. Like everything was an event because mm-hmm. we poured so much into <clears throat> the game presentation and, um, and then winning the Stanley cup in 2010. Uh, my, my life, my personal life had changed a little bit. Like I, I we had gotten married. I got married when I was at the Cubs and uh, you know, she was, we went to high school together. So we'd known each other forever. Um, and then when I was at the Blackhawks, I had for my first kid in 2010 um, so I think that like the, 
working in sports, I, I've always said that uh, I had the greatest job in the world when I was when I was in my twenties working for the Cubs, yeah. and then even at, at the Blackhawks. Uh, and, and I always said that it's kind of um, you have to be able to <clears throat> devote so much time and effort to it. And uh, I, I did at a certain point, like some of those nights and some of those night events, yeah. you know, I was, wasn't like, I wasn't there all the time um, for Elena, who's, who was the new baby. So I just started like, that was, that was something, it wasn't everything. And then, and then um, what had happened was I had really connected with Pat Dahl, my co-founder when yeah. I was there. And he um, was able to do things in video. I mean, it, it, at the time it was like he was writing and he was doing some very crude things with video just because he was by himself. And we had created this department underneath him with equipment and with people. And uh, coming from the Cubs, where we had no video capabilities, we didn't even have yeah, like, didn't, a didn't video have board. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm seeing what they're able to do yeah. and how sponsors, how we were able to sell sponsorships and how we were able to tap into this. And um, you know, in the sponsorship world, in the corporate world in Chicago for 12 years, there wasn't that company that everybody was going to. Like everybody was yeah. starting to want video. Like it was becoming a real reality for every company, and nobody knew who to call. Because, I mean, you could call your agency downtown, which which they obviously do great work, and they've been doing it for years, but that was a six-month, six-figure process. And sometimes you just you just want to do something um, faster right. and, 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 and cheaper, but, but can it still be good? And I knew these guys could do it. And, um, and the reality of what they were doing is um, when you have talented people, like we, we have very talented shooters and editors and, and creatives. And they're, I mean, they are artists. Like at first I didn't understand it. Now I understand <laughs> it after five years, they're artists. <clears throat> so for an artist to do hockey highlight videos every day for 340 days a year, like they get burnt out. So we were at the risk of losing talent. And then we kind of came up with the idea of, I think we could compete in that area between what internal videography can do and what the big agencies yeah. downtown are doing. Mm -hmm. Like, we can take this product that we have and apply it to not only sports, but we could apply it to any company. And uh, mm -hmm. we could bring a little customer service and sales to video production. And I had such a passion for what they were able to do. I saw the business yeah. need for it, and I felt that we could fill something, and uh, fill a need for a lot of companies. And so we kind of came up with the idea for the business. And um, Danny Wirtz, who's Rocky's son, he understood it right away. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's a great idea. I'd love to see you guys kind of develop a business plan for that. So that's what Pat and I did with Danny is we developed a business hmm. plan for what. And this was, was and you were working, was doing working, your Hawks yeah, job. Yeah, I was working with the Blackhawks. And it was just kind of, it seemed to me like I had, I just had so much passion for what this could be. And uh and yeah, I don't know why, but it just seemed like the next logical step in what I in, in what I was going yeah. to do. No, that, well, when do. you explain it that way, it it certainly does. How, how long from some of those conversations, maybe just little side things, and like you know, talking with Pat and going, well, wait a minute, I, mean, I think there's a business here, and and then you had the conversations with Michael or what, and, and putting a business. How long did that? Was that fast? Was yeah. it? I mean, it was a it was a couple month process, but like like everything, like when you start to get in your head, and then it becomes a reality. Like I'm, I'm I'm not sure if you're like this, but I'm definitely like this. It almost becomes like. Oh, this is this is going to happen now. What can I do to make this happen? Yeah, because it became my new like passion is to is to try this and to do this. And um, you know, we had two. We had then since had a um, another kid on the way, and Pat had had a kid. <laughs> so it was like it was risky, of course, but um, we both felt so strongly mm -hmm. that it, we could compete. At least we could compete. 
like we didn't know what it was going to turn into. Neither one of us had started a company before, but partnering with Danny Words and ultimately Rocky Words, like we had, a, we had a little. Obviously, a, they 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 provided everything in terms well, of well. That's the difference the yeah. of of some. You you know you can have the great idea, but you know we walked around this this awesome office space. That, what is it, West Town, Goose Island area? So it's more affordable, but it still costs a lot of money. And yeah. you have all this equipment here, editing and the, all the other digital stuff. It, it's not cheap. And so having, I guess, an investment partner, knowing that you've got that and smart business people that are willing to back you yeah. in, in addition, that's the, that's the point that you could actually take off and do it. And I mean, it's got to be scary. Like you said, you've got kids, you've got a mortgage, you've got, you know, same with Pat, like, how do I go do this? And am I even ready at 30, you know, whatever you were at that point right. to get over that hump? I mean, you got to have the passion to be crazy enough to do it. You were basically saying, I'm, I'm going to do this that you almost can't talk me out of it. Or did you have to get pushed at some point no, to finally was, take the step? I'm very much a, like, it would be really hard to talk me out of something when I, when I feel that strongly about mm-hmm. it. And then, and then it just it seemed to make so much sense. You're, you're absolutely right. Like the words just took a, the, 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 it took the risk out of it. I guess the personal risk, a lot of it out, um, not all of it, but but a lot right. of it. Um, but like every like the big moves that I made, um, believe it or not, like it seems funny now, but Blackhawk jumping from the Cubs to the Blackhawks, nobody was on board with that one. And just in terms of my inner circle, <laughs> right. like um, you know, I have family members, I won't say who, yeah. but called me an idiot. Um, <laughs> and, and then um, yeah, you sure the, that was for the move right, for the Cubs, yeah. or was that from the Cubs, or was that something else? Yeah, well. <laughs> That's that's debatable, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was nobody on board with that one really. Yeah, um, even though it was a good career move, and then and then you take that times ten, moving from the Blackhawks to Banner, there, there was not a, really there, like you, people around you, a lot of people you around yeah. you that you trusted were people really skeptical. Really, uh, my wife saw it. Like she she was. Well, she, that's the most, probably yeah, the most important. Yeah, it was thing, the most right? important one. Like because <laughs> like really like when I talk about that core, like you're lucky to find one or two people that that really like they have your best interests mm-hmm. in mind. Like she saw it and she knew. Um, but in terms of inner circle. Now, how many and, of those people in the, in what you'd say is the inner circle, how many of them were also had worked at teams though? Lots of them. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because lot. I would have thought a lot, like you said, a lot of team people around your age would be going, okay, I've done this now for 10, 15 years. I need to have a, a life. Sometimes I hear some people well, say at that level. Yeah. And so that, okay, I know you're giving that up, but now you could actually work with like you're doing. You could actually work with all the teams in town and all the teams. You get to still do team stuff, right? And but, I, but nobody saw that, and, and frankly, okay. neither did I. I mean, it was it was still like this was a this was an idea. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a slam dunk that we were gonna. Yeah, right. It's we a lot easier to see teams. it now that it's it's right. gotten traction. Um, okay, you're right. But yeah, it was it was definitely like the the job that I had was a job that people aspire to mm-hmm. and don't you don't right. usually leave those jobs yeah. you're in your hometown we just won the stanley cup we we're about to win another one and 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 so i get it like i totally understand why people would have that um that reaction but ultimately like i think um at that point i i think i'd matured a little bit like right. i talk about like th- this is i matured really late like i, I just <laughs> did like i was uh high school like i, I in college like i just matured um, really late, and I'm still working on it, of course. But mm-hmm. but at that point, I had um, I had the p- conviction that the that, that this was the right move, and um, you know I it, it was it, it, even like looking back, like even at even and I like to say 
even if this had failed spectacularly, I think it was definitely still the right move for me. But that's probably one reason why it never would fail spectacularly is because you had prepared yourself and had a good plan in, in place so that you could, uh, you know, you could, you could actually you know, make this thing happen, make it roll. So, you know, did you, was there, you talked about, you know, a few months in your job search initially, you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to work for a major league, you know, sports team. Was there still some of that, uh, you know, scariness a few months in? Did you hit, ever hit a wall like that or did you? Oh, it's a banner? Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're so confident. And then when, when, when it becomes a reality, uh, all your safety net is taken away in terms of like, what do I do on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. And then also I think um, like this is, this was pretty, this was a pretty cool part of it for me is you find out who your contacts are, who your friends are, because when you work in sports and the Cubs and the Blackhawks or anybody in sports, like you've got access to things and you're able to provide things. And everybody's your friend. You got tickets, you got autographs, you got whatever. Yeah. It becomes a huge part of your identity is, Mm -hmm. is I'm not only, this is my friend Dave, or this is my son, Dave, this is my son, Dave, and he works for the Blackhawks. It's almost a natural extension of when people are interviewing you. And then when you're, when you're at Banner Collective, a company Mm -hmm. that's existed for, 50 seconds um, <laughs> right. now you're just Dave and in, 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 yeah. in, in their head oh, you, didn't you used to be important yeah, you, you used to be somebody <laughs> but um but what I found is uh yeah your your contact list and your and your and your friends and, and the, it might get thinned by 50 percent 75 percent but that that's the greatest gift you could ever get yeah because you get the you get the notes from people who are like yeah like they might not they they wouldn't have endorsed the decision. They wouldn't have done mm-hmm. it. They said they told me they wouldn't have done it. But like once you make that switch, you get the notes of encouragement and the people. And the, yes, we'll take meetings with you. And 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 they didn't know what we were doing. But but so so that was one part of it. The other part of it that I was really skeptical of was uh, on myself again. Um, most of most of the work I do on myself on a daily basis, and I've done my whole life, is just kind of like everybody's got this right. Like, am I am I good enough for right. this? Like. Uh, you know, lacking, um, sometimes everybody lacks a little bit of self-confidence. And at that point I did, because I'd been out of like the straight sales game for a while. Like at the Cubs, I was very hands-on. Right. And the Blackhawks for four years, I really wasn't on the street day-to-day contacting clients. And there were these moments, there was moments where I was like, can I do this anymore? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and it was, I mean, not even moments, like stretches, like yeah. what, what did I, I don't have, like, it's different Dave calling from the Cubs or Blackhawks yeah, and Dave calling right. from Banner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking back on it now five years ago, like I'm, I'm, I'm so happy because in fact, I think that I'm actually, that I've actually progressed even further than I did at the Cubs and Blackhawks. I'm mm-hmm. much more proud of what we've been, I'm very proud of what we've been able to develop here because this is just us. Like this is, this right. is a product that we create. Right. Well, and you know. Like you said, you could people look at you going, "You're what are you crazy leaving the Hawks right now?" They, you know, they went on to win a couple more cups, but in a way, because of those relationships there and what you did, like the 17 seconds video, mm-hmm. like the those are amazing because you know 
the Hawks were having great success, a lot more people saw your work and probably yeah. opened more doors for you here. No, it's, and, it was definitely like a like we didn't have to leave the sports world completely. Like we were able to to still be involved. Yeah, it's been it's been phenomenal you know, to be on the other side of it in this capacity. Yeah, and did you? You know, you're not, I think it's important to point, you're not just sports either, that you do a lot of other stuff. Like, what's a, you know, your elevator pitch real quick of work that you do, too, that's outside of, you do a lot of work with the the Cubs, and and Theo Epstein has used you to, people are familiar with that story of the John Lester pitch video a few years ago. You guys did that and have done, got a whole wall of them that you've done for other players to to help sell the Cubs. But outside of that, then, what other kind of things are you doing? We've did a, we do a lot of work with um, Vienna Beef. We do a lot of work with Anheuser-Busch. They're a big client of ours in and out of sports. Like Vienna Beef, what kind of stuff do you do for for them? Yeah, so we do a lot of videos that they'll play on their social media. Um, and Vienna Beef is such a great company because they, they're like almost like it's not about us. It's about – so we, we've done a tremendous amount on the on those hot dog stands that maybe you, know, you probably had one that you grew up with. I had one in my hometown of Palatine mm-hmm. that I always used to go to. So we did a lot of like features on on a certain mm-hmm. hot dog stand in a town and tell that story. And then we do a lot of work for them in and around sports, develop their signage for Wrigley Field, U.S. Cellular, Guaranteed Rate Park. <laughs> yeah. um, and then and uh, they have like, their 125th anniversary, and we're pitching them on a couple ideas uh, tomorrow about what we want to do. Oh, with cool! Them, so. And then like Wintrust, I've seen some of the, that yeah. stuff up. Like now that is sports because you did things around Chicago. Uh, athletes with Chicago ties, yeah, and and that was very cool. And you do other you do other things. Wind trusted either that's you know ballpark signage, ballpark videos, and then other non sports stuff for them too. Yeah, a lot of this, what we've done with Wind Trust is in, in inside of sports, but it really is kind of our way to, to get in with people. Like I, I think that when we first started Banner, we tried to like we tried to run from sports. Right, we do more. We're not just the Blackhawks guys. And now I think as we mature as a company, we're embracing it. Yeah. And, and, but then. What it allows us to do is like, oh, they can do this, but then they can also do our other thing. And that's what we do. Anheuser-Busch is a great example of that. We started off doing Cubs videos for them, okay. and it's branched out into doing everything for them. But, um, yeah, we've done uh, Elk Grove Village. We, we do advertising for them. We do advertising for um, AAA. And then we actually, the new Google, when Google moved in, to the Chicago offices, our animation team developed the entrance, the 32 television. Oh, screen. really? So like environmental design, all right, those kind yeah, of stuff, so which is, I see a lot of experiential marketing uh, going towards that about embracing that, the your look and your brand across your office space and everything else, yeah, not really, just the website or whatever. Really yeah. neat opportunity for our people, that, whereas like our, they're, they're moving, what's the first impression that somebody who's working at Google gets when they walk in? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, well, those are the types of companies we work with. And is this very, you talked about, you know, kind of a little bit of a, hey, we're not the Hawks guys, we're not, uh, you know, all sports. Is this very different, uh, very similar, some things on, some things off compared to how you saw this five years ago of what you guys would be doing? Is it? Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I joke that I look at emails that I sent. Uh, five years ago, <laughs> yeah. and I, that's got to be it's, some interesting. It's, it's stuff, embarrassing. Right? Like, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's like we didn't know what we, you didn't know who we were going to be. It was almost right. like we were going to like, oh, we can do this, and I, I can do this. I can help you with sponsorships. But it was like in reading, I, I've actually started to read quite a bit, and this, this allowed me personally to turn a corner, which was to focus. Like, we need to focus on what we do, do it well, be the best at that. Yeah, and then if it makes sense to kind of take on other things. Um, we'll do that. So um, in terms of like where I thought we'd be, I didn't really have 
because it was all happening so quick, I never, I never thought like, hey, if we do this, this, and this. But there were dreams that, that we had. Like we, was like, could we ever work with the Cubs? Like we knew what was going to happen. We we knew that eventually they were going to get a video board. Right. Could could we be a part of that? And could we pitch to Paul basketball and be a part of that? And uh, Chicago Fire. There was all these. Vienna Beef was a company that I had passion. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, right. Like, I just I love that story, and. Um, so these were things that you know we dreamed about, and yeah. then we actually like were able to go out and achieve it. So in that sense, we've 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 done way more than I ever thought we'd do in five years. Yeah, and that's got to be really different than, and it's certainly no knock that you you were part of the the key uh, process of the behind home plate signage at Wrigley. Like everybody sees that mm-hmm. watching Cubs games when you were a part of that, which is cool to point to, but. This is something different than now. It's it could be anywhere, and it's the Chicago institutions. In a lot of these cases, that's got to be, at least to me, I'm like, man, I'd be really proud. You walk around and say, hey, we did that. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, I mean, it it is. It's definitely something like when, when our when our commercials come on TV. You mentioned the Wind Trust, the the Olympic ads. Like, we're not self promoters. It's the one thing we do really poorly. I think, <laughs> which is like, which is like, hey, we did this, and we don't we don't get it out as much as we as much as we should, but then those proud moments do come up where it's like, what, what have you done that I've seen? And if we say that and they're like, Oh, I've seen that. Like that, that's a tremendous moment. We do a lot of it internally. Like we try to like, I'm just so every day because they all can do what I can't do. I'm just amazed at Mm. them every day. And we, we do a lot of that internally, which is like, you you just did a great job. Like this is unbelievable. Um, explain to me how and why you did this. And um, those are some of my great, the, the, the great moments that I've had here is I showed you a picture in my office is one of our guys. He didn't even know he was getting a picture taken of him, but he's in Wrigley Field at five o'clock in the morning taking these unbel- this unbelievable video footage that nobody had ever gotten. I have never seen it. I work for the Cubs. I've never seen anything right. at five o'clock in the morning. And, and, and that's, you'll see that picture. It's like the back background of the bannercollective.com homepage, I, I think, is when, when I was looking the other day. That's it's a really cool shot with just empty seats and one guy, the you know, real faint like morning light. Going back to two, we didn't really t- talk about it. It's got to be nice of complimentary type skills of you and Pat. Yeah. That, like you said, you've got such a respect for what they can do from a creative standpoint. And there's things that you can do from the, the business ops and, and sales stuff that he doesn't want anything or some of these guys looking out here on the space they don't want anything to do with they just want to go do their their thing and that's got to be nice to be so complimentary and that's that's rare to find a yin and yang type personalities like did you know early on that with him that you'd hit it off and you guys would be good partners or was there you know like for there was a feeling out process (laughs) or or what i mean i have believe there was a mutual respect when back at the Blackhawks days. I mean, he's, he's such a talented guy. Like I, I just, I, I've never met any, anyone. I, I think that he just, he's just, he's a great writer. He's got a great eye and I, and I so respect what he, what he does creatively, but there's definitely a, a, a feeling out period. But um, if that's done, like what we try to instill with everybody and like, we're not perfect, but we try every day to instill. If you have a respect for what the other person's job is like, I have such respect for what they can do and what they have to go through. And I think that that's, that's mutual. Like it, it's, you know, a lot of part of business development and sales is rejection. Yeah. And it's hard to get in right. and, and, and you have to grow into that role. I didn't know that when I first started this, but they don't, what they don't see behind the scenes often is like the, the rejection part of it, but Pat knows yeah. it. And, and mm. that, and it's really, it's important to kind of have 
that person to bounce things off of because it's not like, yeah, we've had great days here. Like we've had, we have great clients, but there's also tough days and, and tough times. This is a tough business because it's so project based. But failure, as we say, is such a great teacher that some of that is as long as you don't let it beat you down so much that you can't do your job. Yeah. That if you keep can keep going and, you know, what you believe in and weather that, that's people come out on the other side so much stronger so well right and and just back to like kind of the respect like i don't like this would not have been as special for me if i didn't have somebody to kind of go through it with oh yeah and uh like i wouldn't have made it by myself without having like pat as a 50 50 partner and there's never been like a people are like well has there ever been like a hey you know who's really who's really the man like I've never felt that way just because like I would just so much rather have like an equal partner that mm-hmm. we can bounce things off of. So, um, but we grow into these things. Like, oh yeah. And, and I'm, I'm excited like what's next because I think that we're both, um, we get aligned on things pretty quickly. Like we bring things to the table and we're like, yeah. And then, and then we feed off of the other person's excitement. So, um, yeah. What would you say, you know, what, is there anything t- to specifically talk about of looking ahead over the next, six, 12 months of plans of, you know, any certain, you know, uh, projects or areas of growth. Yeah. I, th- I think what, what we're going to focus on is instead of like that old, the old, uh, idea of going, making small progress in a thousand different areas. I think what we've, we've talked about is really laser focusing on, on, on a couple areas specifically, um, that, uh, that we're gonna that we're gonna really drive a lot of our business development and be more proactive instead of reactive. A lot yeah. a lot of times in our business, it's hey, we need a video. Let's call Banner. And instead, mm-hmm. what we want to get into a lot of is is more of um, this is areas that we want to go into. Let's come up with let's let's slow down, come up with some great ideas, and really pitch them hard. And that's where we're gonna go. So maybe a little bit of a like one step back, to yeah. take two steps forward. Yeah. And I think that's where collectively we want to go. I like it. Any other? Um, we've got to be mindful of your time here and get get uh, moving along. I'm so any too much, aren't I? no, 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 no. <laughs> this is great stuff. I really appreciate it. The, any other you know thoughts before we go? And if so, fire away. If not, at least what's the best way for people to reach out to you and want to get in touch? Yeah, I mean, you can you can get off uh, get, or contact us on the website uh, bannercollective.com. Um, and then all of the social media is Instagram. Um, Facebook, and then just to contact me directly, you can do it right from the website. But love to hear from people, and um, yeah, so I appreciate it. this. Has been great. I love. I, I wish it was two hours long. It's well, it could be. Talk. We could sit. You know, we've crossed the hour mark okay, here. You had so. all these great questions to ask me. Well, you know I what? Did the four corners <laughs> offense on you. <laughs> well, and you stalled on me. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Well, we'll just have to come back and do it again, and maybe we'll force Pat to sit in on some of it, and he can see just how hard you work on. Uh, on, on selling and marketing the organization, right? <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, it would be unbelievable to have you back in, in, in any time. And yeah, it's, it's, it's humbling to even be asked to do these things. I love talking about, I just, I just love, I, I love the podcast. I love hearing other people's stories. And then, yeah, if my part, if my story is any interesting to people. <laughs> no, I think, too. I think it definitely was. Dave Knickerbocker, thanks so much today for all this time and joining us today for the Painless Podcast. No problem, Chris. Thank you. Thanks a ton to Dave. Uh, a bunch of time with him, but uh, love the honesty and, and feedback and, and suggestions that Dave shares. Uh, here's a tip that he shared after we turned off the mics, but I thought it would be a nice one to pass along to everybody else uh, as a uh, 
big old shelf of, of books that he's read to find ways to motivate and inspire and learn and grow and develop all those important things. He had recommended I check out Tim Ferriss's podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, and uh, his book, The Tools of Titans. Well, if you like The Painless Podcast, you will love The Tim Ferriss Show and The Tools of Titans. I cannot put that book down right now. It's fantastic. Thanks for the tip. Thought you might like it as well. All right, enough. Uh, oh, before I go, though, check the pod description for links to Dave and Banner Collective, plus get all those benefits. Shamrock Shuffle for one, IEG Conference second and third, Chicago Sport and Social's discount code as well. Finally, before I go, don't forget tomorrow, March 15th, the annual Tourney Watch, St. Paddy's event. We're going to have a great turnout. Joe's on weed in Chicago. Head to Joe's VIP loft or own space from 4.30 to 8.30. Please do RSVP. That link is on the painless.network event calendar. All right, I'm going to finally get out of your ears. Until next time, it's Chris Hartwig saying, stay connected, friends. Oh, my God.